everyone, and welcome back to BoJack Horse Pod, the BoJack Horseman story. Today we will be talking about season three, episode twelve, the season finale of BoJack Horseman. That went well. As always, I am your host Kirsten McInnes, joined by the lovely Lindsay Wilson. Lindsay, how are you? I'm great. Can you believe we're already done three seasons of this? No. I can't. It feels like we started five minutes ago and suddenly you've moved cross country. We've done three seasons. Like, I don't know. Yeah, this season in particular, I feel like it went really fast. Yeah. And like all the stuff that happened here, I thought happened later. So uh... (laughs) not to get too far ahead, but like to cut all the way to the end of the episode. I thought that was at the end of next season. So yeah, that's right. It's the alien's fault. It's fine. (laughs) Thankfully, we are not alone in this endeavor. We have a great guest coming back. It had been too long since we had Sam Stanish's thoughts on BoJack. How are you, Sam? Oh my gosh. Thrilled to be here. Since last we spoke on recording, I've listened to every single episode of this podcast. (laughs) Uh, I love it so much. I listen to it every single week. I am a total horse girl, and I'm so glad that this podcast (laughs) exists. Is it the worst thing I ever did was say that our fans are horse girls? I love how much people are leaning into it. It's incredible. As a fan, I, I'm glad that I have a title and like sort of something I can put in my bio or on a, a business card or just something I can mm-hmm. hold in my soul and be like, this is a new identifier for me. So I'm happy it exists. <laughs> Should we sell horse girl business cards? <laughs> yeah, you can yes. have like a you can have a QR code that links to the Spotify for bojack horse pod or the itunes thing or you know we have so many options (laughs) but yeah so last week we talked about a very sad episode of bojack with the great maddie gagan joined us for that one and so this week uh, at least this this episode is you know not so sad i like that they didn't lean into having two sad episodes back to back yeah, I was noticing even just at the beginning when it's like all the stuff about the spaghetti strainers and stuff, I was like, oh, we're going in a very different direction this week. Has any bit ever paid off as well as Mr. Peanut Butter <laughs> buying all of the spaghetti strainers because Oxnard was making fun of him? Has anything ever had this this big of a payoff? I love it. I can't <laughs> I can't believe this is how it pays off. I also forgot that it's like 30 seconds of the episode. <laughs> I also thought that, like, when it started this episode, like, I remember, and I've been listening to you guys be, like, talk about how it's all set up throughout the season, but, like, I I thought it was, like, the climactic moment at the end of this episode, not, like, all done in the first five minutes, but I do think it's just very funny that it's, like, so wink to the camera all season long, like, setting stuff up for this event, and, like, just, like, this it's so stupid, but (laughs) it's very funny. Did you remember why the spaghetti strainers would pay off because i did not remember this at all i did i i rewatched bojack during the pandemic like over the past like it was less than a year ago that i watched it for the the most recent time so it was fresh fresh in my memory i just think that they i think honestly the writers just like had had a bunch of pasta jokes or references that they had (laughs) wanted to make for the past couple seasons and they just decided to put them all right in a row right here and i think it worked out I'd forgotten exactly how it paid off. I remembered something about spaghetti in the ocean, but I didn't really remember exactly how it paid off. But I love that Mr. Peanut Butter had set it up before. I'm like, but I'm sure the payoff is going to be incredible. Like, the longer we wait, the better it's going to be. And I agree. And 
It was. So that works. But the episode doesn't actually start with that. The The cold open of the episode starts with a flashback to 2007 where Bojack has attended a Sarah Lynn concert because he wants to pitch Sarah Lynn on the script that was referred to in the flashback last episode from Cuddly Whiskers about Bojack and Sarah Lynn doing heroin. So <laughs> I guess that was actually a flashback. Confirmed. Yeah. That was one of the things we talked about with Maddie. It was like, is this flashback a real flashback or is it just part of the heroin trip? And it was like, oh, no, it turns out this was a real flashback. They really did want Sarah Lynn to help with the ratings for the Bojack Horseman show. Yeah, this was really sad. Like, I mean, you can just see that Sarah Lynn doesn't have any friends anymore. Or like, maybe she never really did. And then, like, to have this guy who's, like, her, like, fictional father but also we know like he's been her father figure in the past like also just joined the legions of people trying to use her for her like hyper fame it's really it's just you would just expect that like a morning episode for her or like for a character in a fictional show would be like a happy memory that he's like thinking back on their life or like one thing where like he didn't completely try to screw her over or like use her but like the only thing he's thinking of is this like horrible moment where he contributed to her like dying yeah and this is in the flashback sarah lynn's like oh yeah being really famous is hard like not really anyone can relate like it's so good to see someone who knew me before all of this like a real friend like someone who's not trying to get something from her and you would think maybe bojack doesn't bring up the script at this moment like, maybe they just hang out and the script comes up at another time and then she actually wants to do it because you were a friend to her. But no, Bojack has to bring it up right away. Yeah, yeah it's rough because, like, she's so excited to hear that he's there. Like, when her, I don't know, assistant or something is like, no, no, she's very tired. And he's like, oh, can you tell her Bojack's here? And she's like, oh, my God, Bojack! And, like, lets him in right away. And she's like, just loves that he's someone who just wants to be friends with her for her. And she's so devastated when she hears that he has a script for her. She's just like, you too, really? Put it on the stack of 20 scripts. Some already in the trash can. This is like where my survivor poisoned brain like comes in and I'm like, (laughs) yeah, like, no, you go in and you like have a good, if you have this one good conversation, like this will lead to another conversation down the line. And then like eventually you can use this bond, emotional connection for your strategic benefit to like get her on the show. This is not the time to bring up the script after she literally just told you how to, like, it, she's just like, I hate when people do this. And he was like, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. She says she's, like, this close to falling off the deep end. And, like, I thought yeah. that tied back very tragically to last week where she's, like, going on about how she doesn't like anything about herself and she's panicking. And Do good. you think Bojack would be a better or worse person if he simply watched Survivor? <laughs> I don't think he would be able to put the lessons that he could take away from Survivor into use. Like, I feel like he's so wrapped up in himself. And, like, I just feel like, I mean, he would be an incredible Survivor character. I would love (laughs) to see him on the show because he would be super narcissistic and not able to read a room or read people's impressions of him at all. But I don't think he would be able to learn what he should learn from it. One line that I really liked from this cold open, though, is when Sarah Lynn says, Here I am, blabbing about my sexy, thrilling, boring life. What's going on with you? That's great. And I also really liked when she's like, Everyone only wants to hang out with Sarah Lynn. No one cares about Sarah Lipschitz. She's like, That's the lawyer who helped me change my name from Sarah Hanelfarb. (laughs) 
And why would anyone care about her? I think that if her ultimate goal was stardom, she made the right choice changing her name. I just don't know if it would have taken off quite as well with her birth name. Yes, agreed. Why didn't Brad also get the memo of changing your last name? Because his last name is Hitler Smith, so... (laughs) He probably should have changed his name. It doesn't seem like his mom was quite as mercenary with her Mm. momaging of his career. Like, I I know that, I think that she slept with Bojack at one point, probably. Mm -hmm. She did. That's confirmed. That Bojack many times is like, I'm like a father figure because I slept with his mom. Yeah, but I'm not, I don't know. I've I've never gotten the sense that she put in very much work for his career post-horsing around. Well, that's good, at least. Other brutal line here is when Sarah Lynn says the light inside her is dying. Every single interaction we have with Sarah Lynn in the entire show is, like, just deeply sad. Yeah. But then Bojack kind of comes out of his memory to be watching the news where it is, you know, confirmed. We knew, but, like, confirmed that Sarah Lynn is dead at 31. Adam Levine tweeted about it, being like, watch the voice. Yeah. Big laughs. (laughs) Uh hashtag she will be loved oh yeah oh my god that killed me (laughs) you imagine if like musicians just had a hashtag of like one of their lyrics on every tweet i feel like that'd be funny i don't know if he still does this but in in the past josh gad has tweeted out for like literally every single famous person who died this i i know this from listening to who weekly but like there i mean if you're a celebrity it's like in your mind that you're supposed to tweet or talk about the events of the day especially like a famous person who died like i don't know it's just like such a weird thing where like people expect you to talk about it yeah maybe maybe don't like constantly tweet about strangers (laughs) like that's what i do but like i'm not a real celebrity so i'm allowed political commentator Okay, sure. Yeah, that's Speaker me. of truth. <laughs> Poli- policy wonk, Kristen McKenna. Yeah. Classic policy wonk, that's me. But then, okay, so this is where the episode is like, no, 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 don't worry. This is not actually a, a sad episode because we got esteemed character actress Margot Martindale has been on the sea for 75 days with only the paper mache Todd head for company. And she's talking to it. I love that it has Todd's voice coming right back. Like, I think you've got a touch of the ocean madness, Margot. I like that it's trying to help her. What has Margot been eating in this time on the sea? Didn't she like steal all? I guess she wasn't really seemingly storing the food. She was just eating all of Bojack's food. Do you think she like took his canned goods? Maybe. I believe in her ability to fish. I mm. think like she clearly has a skills, a broad skill set ranging from her various roles. I've been watching the Americans for the first time, so I really have a good impression of who she is now. Uh, I feel like the first Perfect. time I watched BoJack, I didn't actually know who she was, but now I'm like, okay, her, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, I think she's in the leftovers. I don't know, but I th- no, yeah, I think she's been fishing. I think she can really handle herself. Very self-sufficient, Margot Martindale. I have faith. Okay, so this is where we also get the payback, the payback, payout, payback? Payoff. Well, payoff, words are not working <laughs> for me this morning. Because Bojack obviously fired the old chef at El Fonte and he is now opening his new restaurant. But he needs to have all of the spaghetti straight from Italy. Because I guess he doesn't know how to make <laughs> homemade pasta. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that this was really funny. Like, they don't even talk about it, but in the background of the phone conversation, someone's, like, trying to put up a painting of the Leading Tower of Pisa, but he, like, keeps, like, shifting it to, like, he's like, is the tower supposed to be straight up, or is the painting supposed to be straight up? Very funny to me. It's very good. 
Classic yeah. Paul F. Tompkins playing an Italian man. <laughs> True. Yeah, so like the big boat with the that's full of pasta is like coming toward Margot and the Todd head. But then also at the same time, I was noting so like up above is the you are secretariat yes. blimp. But like, why is the blimp still here? Like the Oscars are well, over. Not even why is the blimp still here? Why is it in the middle of the ocean? That's not a useful place for an advert. <laughs> I guess it's the only place where it's not going to start a fire. Maybe they have to return it to Europe. I I have no idea. I don't really know how blimps aren't. They, isn't there a thing where there's only like eight blimps in the world? I, that's I made that up, but I feel like there's like a really small <laughs> number of blimps, and so like they must have to go all over the place. There are approximately twenty five blimps still in existence. Okay, yeah. Okay. Is that yeah? You googled it. Okay, like yeah. Liter- I I, go- I, start, I said how many blimps and it auto filled are there in the world? There are so That's few, wild. and like you. But you think about it, and you've seen numerous. So like you like. They just have to. Go, they have to go so many places because there's so few of them. They must be flying somewhere else. Yeah. I did love the blimp characters. They're like the blimpers promise to not involve themselves <laughs> in things going on on land or sea. Hilarious, just yeah. really good. Like we're not being paid to discover underutilized character actresses. <laughs> I, we, this is also where they mention that Margot Martindale is on the FBI's ten most wanted list. <laughs> and the AV Club's list of actors who make everything better. Yeah. <laughs> she really can do it all. And now, why am I going down? Why am I reading a Reader's Digest article about why you don't see blimps anymore? I don't need I don't. It does. This doesn't matter. <laughs> I feel like they could have just said there's only 25 of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But why are there only 25? Mm, Come important. on. But so this is where so Sandro calls the boat with all the spaghetti and is like, my restaurant's opening. And without my authentic Italian spaghetti, like, what, what's the point? So they're like, okay, we got to go faster. We got to get the spaghetti to Sandro. Margaret Martindale's like, what's this boat doing? Why are they going so fast? Oh, you want to play a game of chicken? Like, they're going to learn. <laughs> Character actress Margot Martindale ain't afraid of nothing. <laughs> Even though the Todd head is really telling her not to do this. She doesn't listen. They crash. They just, the boats tear each other apart. There are crates of spaghetti in the ocean. And here's where things go from bad to worse. Because the... <laughs> Secretariat blimp is famously covered in mirrors, and the sun reflects off of the mirrors into the ocean, which is instantly hot enough to cook the pasta. Well, it's already <laughs> salted. <laughs> Margot Martindale is like, oh, if only we had some olive oil to prevent the stickiness. This is so funny that like their final words pretty much are like that they're like talking to each other about what the olive oil would do to pasta it's so stupid (laughs) i've wasted my life stirring olive oil into pasta (laughs) i feel like i've never stirred olive oil into Mm -hmm. spaghetti me either one time yeah sometimes i'll put a dollop of oil into the water before it boils Mm. yeah i think that's what they're talking about where like i think that's why people do it but it actually doesn't do anything i just do it because my mom did it i don't know are we to understand that Margot Martindale has drowned? Like, is that the implication here? Unless she got scooped up with a, a strainer. <laughs> I mean, like, she is there in the middle of the Pacific Ocean with just a lot of spaghetti, which is, like, wrapped around them and weighing them mm-hmm. down. Yeah. So did we get two tragic endings in two episodes? This one's not treated the same way, so. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think they have confirmation that, yeah. like, she was there, right? True. Oh, no. Yeah, everybody who saw her there either died in the ship crash or has sworn to never say anything, so <laughs> they'll never find out. The blimper's code. Or yeah, yeah, I guess the we'll, blimper's promise. I mean, 
I guess she right. just would never come back on the show then. This episode was the most recent episode that was out when I was first catching up on the show, when I first watched it. <laughs> and I will say that I don't, like, this plot line and, like, part of the episode is, like, just, like, kind of stupid. And I, it's, like, it doesn't feel like a good thing to end a season on. Like, I think that the shot of the spaghetti falling on the water town is, like, really good and, like, menacing. And I really like it. But otherwise, it's sort of just, like... I don't know. Like, is, is this the last thing you want people to remember about your season before you, like, take a break? Uh, I mean, fair. But it gave me lots of questions. Like, there is, like, a floating garbage mass in the Pacific Ocean. That's real. What would it do to Pacific Ocean City? I think it would double or triple yeah. the size. There was That was a lot of spaghetti. This is the kind of commentary we expect from political want Kirsten I- McInnes. <laughs> I only have the mass of garbage on my mind because some boats have been collecting garbage from the ocean and they just docked in Victoria. (laughs) They're going back out. They hope to get 20 tons of plastic out of the ocean in a month. That's a lot in a month. That is a lot. So, okay. So now this is on the news. This has made the news that there are 12 tons of pasta headed straight for Pacific Ocean City. And the only hope for rescue is if someone has an enormous amount of spaghetti strainers and honestly access to a ton of drivers who are also really good swimmers. Mm -hmm. A lot of strainers, a lot of cars to get them there. And they need to be very strong swimmers so they don't get like pulled down or something. And they're like, such as perhaps some sexy orcas. Only one person had all these things. I, I'm going to create for the, the BoJack HorsePod Twitter account. It's going to be the triangle. It's be like, you can only have two. And it's going to be like a ton of spaghetti strainers, a fleet of cars, and sexy orcas. That's really good. I Okay, we see Mr. Peanut Butter arrive in a Mad Max Fury Road fashion. And then I feel like after that, I feel like that is the season three finale. And then the rest of it is like set up for season four. Like, I feel like they just do stuff from there on about where they're going from here as opposed to the climactic finish. Well, Hmm. because spaghetti or not, season four is coming, okay? (laughs) I love this whole... So I feel like Mr. Peanut Butter is just really working for me at these last few episodes. But he's like going to the movies. It's like a movie during the day dare I? And he like goes in to see Secretariat and they can't get a hold of him even though he's the only person who has all these things. It's just like, uh, truly incredible. And they, he, when he listens to his messages in chronolo- chronological order, even though Dodd's like, call me back <laughs> as soon as you get this. He's like, I will. Yeah. As soon as I listen to all of these. And when he comes out and he's like, that was a good movie, but was it Oscar worthy? <laughs> Who's to say? Like his delivery this episode is fantastic. I just, I also really like when like Todd sees this on the news and is like, Mr. Peanut Butter has these things like we can save the day and I love how he assembles all of the orcas and he's like okay to Mr. Peanut Butter's house and I think it's Skinny Gina goes Mr. Peanut Butter's house the show or Mr. Peanut Butter's house the house like the house obviously (laughs) what would make sense it's good work from Todd like I feel like we don't often get Todd being like this quick where he's like oh my god we have all those things and just immediately clicks it all into place just perfect if only Todd had been the one who actually came up with the idea for the spaghetti strainers instead of Oxnard (laughs) pretending to be Todd because then he really could be the hero 
True. They also tie this in with Bojack watching Horsing Around, and he's watching the episode where Sarah Lynn makes way too much spaghetti, which I thought was kind of cute. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very cute. We get a what are you doing here when Diane shows up. I just like that they make that, like, because every time outside of the the scene where he can't say it, it's one of the most heartbreaking scenes, and he, like, delivers it perfectly, obviously, because he's actually living his life. I just like that as, like, a general run through the show. It is a recurring gag. I never really picked up on that before. But yeah, mm-hmm. it, they definitely keep bringing it back. Yeah, I feel like we haven't gotten a lot of Diane lately. Like even, I guess it was like at the Oscar party or whatever when she comes and they have that fight. And then like, I think the time before that, like, I don't know. I feel like she's just not getting a ton this yeah, season. Like, like she just kind of appears. Diane pops up to ask Bojack what's wrong. She hasn't really yeah. had too much of her own plot line outside of like getting fired from princess carolyn's company and i guess also tweeting for the company before that yeah it's been a minute since she's had like kind of a substantial role in any of these episodes how long ago was the abortion episode where like she with her with mr peanut butter's family i think that was episode i don't know i think The one with the abortion is definitely the most, like, Diane-centric episode that we've had in quite some time. That's a great call. Yeah, for sure. All I could think about was Sextina Aquafina, but it was really more about <laughs> Diane. You're and right. And Bojack even kind of references that. He's like, I wish you didn't get so distant when you moved out. But, it, okay, it's like blaming her for, like, both of them not talking to each other. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, moved out. She didn't actually live there. She was sleeping on a lawn chair. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, she was really more hiding than living there. (laughs) That was this season, wasn't it? Oh, my God. Yeah, true. That was at the beginning of the season when she came back. Yeah. Are you surprised that they didn't show us any of the Sarah Lynn funeral? Like, Bojack just references it and says, like, it was huge. And everyone, like, commented, like, oh, this was bound to happen. And he's like, this didn't have to happen. Like, I'm a little bit surprised. Maybe they thought it'd be too sad. And they want to kind of take the foot off the gas a little bit in this episode. I don't know. I mean, there's not a bunch of characters who would be at the funeral that we would know. I mean, like, they could force these like specific like i don't know like princess carolyn could be there or like the kids from horsing around could go, could have been there but like i don't know that i think that bojack's commentary on it about being an inevitability is enough yeah. for me anyway like i think i agree with that i think it would have been a lot like the herb kazaz thing we already saw that this season well yeah and even then like they had the herb kazaz funeral and they made a lot of that episode into like a heist where it wasn't even actually about being at the funeral like there's not many jokes to make about a funeral and like if they lean yeah. into it, it would be way too sad. And we just had a really sad episode last week. I think it's po- it's really poignant what Bojack says, too. But, like, this wasn't an inevitability. And I think that, like, that has a lot of weight and is very powerful, even without us actually going to the funeral and seeing that. So I think they, that's probably the right Which, call. Which, yeah, like, that's good. But then Bojack turns into making everything about himself again, about mm-hmm. how he is poisoned. He ruins everything. He destroys everything he touches. No one is better off for having known him. And this is where Diane is, like... I feel like it's a season one Diane where she's like, oh, you know, actually for 30 minutes a week, like watching Horse Around made me feel like I had a family and it, it kept me alive. Like there are millions of people who are better off having known you. I just feel like Diane's family narrative isn't really something that like ever comes up and it's, it feels weird to hear where it's just like, we haven't thought about your family since with that episode in season one like they aren't a part of the show and her background to me anyway i haven't been watching every episode but like i just like never think about them and like it doesn't really seem like she make like she doesn't have it as a part of her emotional background as a character to me so it was weird to hear here 
Yeah, and the other thing too is like, I I think doing the recaps the way we've been doing them has made me so much less charitable toward Bojack. Like, I don't think I ever really was, but now when I hear stuff like this from him, I'm like, oh my God, you're clearly just looking for her to like say something nice and reassure you. He's like, nobody is any better off for knowing me. And like, clearly just wants her to be like, yeah, that's not true. Like, I'm better off for knowing you. Like, get out of here, Bojack. Like, no one needs this from you. Yes, 100% that, but also like it really does just feel like another example and it's something that I've noticed a lot more on this watcher as well of how like the the show has no idea what to do with Diane. Like they they <laughs> yeah. have no idea how to handle her as a character and that's why they'll just be like, "Oh, well, remember like in season 1 where we had that one episode where we learned her family was trash? Let's like bring that back around." It's a good point. And like, I think when they did the 16 Aquafina stuff, like that was good and but I, I still think it was like we got a lot of good stuff from all the other characters and Diane was maybe like one of the less good or less like nuanced parts of that. I think like we got a lot of good stuff from Princess Carolyn where she's like, you don't need to explain yourself to anybody. And like the Nicole Byer girl being like, this makes me feel less alone. And like, yeah, I don't know. I think Diane does get a little bit underserved. I think you're right. She's Bojack's mom stand in. Thanks for that theory, Sam. <laughs> I I'm so happy yeah, I'm oh able to I was able to bring that to you guys. It's, That's come up so much ever since you really, came like, It's one of those things I would have never thought about, but then Sam's like Mommy? No, sorry, mo- mommy? <laughs> sorry, mommy. Sorry, mommy. <laughs> well, and then it came up even more specifically when Bojack is like, is it so wrong to just want a sex mommy? <laughs> Anyways, I just love having Sam here so someone understands my TikTok references. Um, finally. <laughs> finally. Um, and it's, it, I mean, it's an inevitable problem that nobody could have seen coming or whatever Bojack said. No need to analyze our TikTok addictions. Yeah, it's fine. So, okay. So this is where we kind of lean into, it's like the same old story with Bojack and Diane. Like, oh, you're too good to be like doing what you do. Like you, like you should be doing something more. Oh, you know me better than anyone and you have to be in my life. Like they've known each other for like four years. Like like, maybe not even like, not even it's like the, Okay, it's just, like, sad. And honestly, obviously, Bojack, everything Bojack does or has ever said is really, really sad for him. But it's, like, you should have someone in your life who knows you better than your arch nemesis's wife who you met three years ago. (laughs) This is bad. Like, it's just... Ugh, it's bad. Well, and it's also like, yeah, no shit she knows you well. She, like, interviewed you for many hours to write a book about you. And she didn't write the book you wanted her to write. So, like... She literally wrote the book on you. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, that's... And even that is, like, clearly Bojack doesn't know Diane better than anyone knows her because she's telling him things about her in this scene that he doesn't know because she's been guarded with him and so like there's it's clearly like an imbalanced relationship and like i don't it's just it's never been good yeah i know i always tie this back to my experiences with crappy men but i feel like this bit too where he's like i need you to be a part of my life like you can't leave again i need you to be part of my life it's like classic manipulative behavior where he's like trying to make it sound like i need you so much because you're so important it's like no no he's just trying to make you feel obligated to him it's like when you have a fearful avoidant attachment style but you're also a psychopath (laughs) (laughs) exactly i've never i've done every personality type test but i don't know my attachment 
Kaufman style yet. I'll find out, but all right, well, let's find out. I, let's find out. <laughs> I truly, I feel like I would not be surprised at all if you were just like a secure attachment type, like healthy person. Just like a healthy guy. Yeah. Maybe. I don't really even know what that means. I can see it. Ba- ba- like the way like attachment style works is, is basically it's just like the relationships like within your family when you are a child either created some kind of trauma or didn't. And that trauma like makes you attached to people in a specific way so like not to psychoanalyze myself but like (laughs) I was in a family structure where like my dad was in the military and he was gone for like long stretches of time and so that gives me like abandonment issues and so then I get really anxious about like relationship stuff even if it's like nothing where it'll be like oh yeah this person like hasn't texted me back for six hours because they're like at work and like intellectually I'm like oh yeah they're at work but in my head I'm like do they hate me now? What's going on? Will I never hear from them again? And then I have to be like, Kirsten, that's your anxious attachment style. Mm-hmm. Reel it so in. Relatable. Let's let's do some personal development and try to become secure. Let's take a moral inventory. <laughs> I would say that Bojack probably does not have the secure attachment style then. No, he certainly no. doesn't. I think that he probably has avoidant, which is basically like you run away from any like meaningful mm-hmm. connection. Yeah. And then it's a problem because avoidant people and anxious people tend to be drawn to each other. And at first, the avoidant person, like, feeds into what the anxious person needs. But then they feel like it gets too serious. So they get scared. So they pull back. And then the anxious person's like, why did they pull back? I feel this change. This is horrible. And then they, like, get anxious. And then that makes the fearful person more avoidant. And it's just, like, a horrible cycle. But it happens a lot. Yeah. Not great. I can't wait until the... Anxious, avoidant, secure, sorting hat finds its way to my head and I learn a little bit more about myself. Yeah, I can't wait until Rob does a podcast about survivor's attachment style. <laughs> Rob and Akiva get attached. Oh, At God. The hip. Okay, so anyways, back to Bojack. Sorry for the lengthy explanation that really was very service level about attachment. I needed it and I needed it. But... Bojack decides to call Brad Hitler Smith and be like, let's do Ethan around. I think it's what the world needs right now is a show like that. Yeah, like after he hears Diane saying like how much it meant to her and that it gave her an escape, he's like, yes, now more than ever, now that we've lost Sarah Lynn, like we need this more than ever and I need this more than ever. Brad's like super suspicious and he's like, it's not like last time, is it? Where you say you want to do it, but you don't want to do it. Then your mean publicist yells at me and then I get a big pretzel at the airport, but then I drop it on the ground and it gets eaten by an ant. I laugh really hard thinking about like the worker ant, like human-sized ant picking up the pretzel and eating it off the Me too. Oh my god. I like your fancy planter pants. Oh my god. I've been thinking about that all week. Stop it. Enough. (laughs) You liked the ant too much. I loved it. (laughs) This is also just like they don't really go into this in the episode but it just feels really kind of gross and exploitative to like Less than a week after Sarah Lynn Mm -hmm. dies, they're like, we are going to take this opportunity to like, I mean, they're like cashing in on this where like the emotional narrative of this girl, this like really famous woman dying, suddenly the show she was like made famous for is coming back. Obviously, people would throw money at that, but it's like, it doesn't feel good to me, but they don't even really talk about it. They never touch on that as 
any part of this because it's like they couldn't get funding before bojack did not win an oscar he was not even nominated for an oscar so like he's not really bringing that much to the table fame wise on ethan around so it's like they definitely benefited from sarah lynn passing and getting the funding to produce this show which is like gross not good (laughs) and it's such a pivot from the beginning of the season too right because when herb dies they're like you're going to get a ton of money. You're going to get so many residuals because horsing around is going to take off right now. And he's like, oh my God, I don't even want it. Just give it to some orphans. And like, in this case, he's like, okay, now how do we cash in? Like not as explicitly as that. And he's like hiding it under the veneer of giving people something that they need. But like, definitely that's what's going to happen here. I don't think he wants it for that reason, but mm-hmm. it's it's bad. It's really, really bad. Yeah, it's yeah. clearly not something that like the show was thinking about or wanted us to think about it just seems Mm -hmm. like that is what happened even though they didn't write it in like there's gonna be a huge appetite for this yeah it's the natural extension of this happening at this time and us like reading into every piece of dialogue (laughs) in the show yeah getting more cynical (laughs) but Uh, we get this dinner scene with princess carolyn and her mouse man mr peanut butter and diane all just figuring out what they're gonna do next Mr. Peanut Butter is not a hero. He's just a guy with bowls with holes. <laughs> bowls full of holes. I the also... offers are flooding in for him because everyone thinks he's a hero. Yeah, if Princess Carolyn could have kept the agency open for just a couple more months, like she would have been rolling in the money. Even 10% <laughs> of this would be a huge windfall. I laughed so hard at that. It would be quite a windfall. It would be so sad. <laughs> We also get here where it's like Diane finally chimes in on Cabracadabra and goes on like one of her nice little, it's very like episode two, Diane, like going Mm -hmm. on a rant about how Cabracadabra objectifies women in a way that is completely counter to the original idea. And Mr. Peanut Butter goes, well, this objectification of women saved a lot of lives, many of whom are women. So not sexist. (laughs) so funny they just work <laughs> as a couple they're so good together and they're really on the same page yeah, they make always sense but this is where we also find out like he, it's fine he sold cabracadabra for many millions of dollars yeah so that's yeah, and great. princess carolyn still loving her time off she definitely loves it she is not getting sick of it at all not at all <laughs> i love ralph that like terrible delivery where he's like can you believe this one had never been to cairo <laughs> They really know how to treat a cat there. That, that did yeah. make me laugh. Animal humor. Yeah. It all—it always works on the show. It really always. is like one of the best parts of the show. I also liked how they're like, well, Ralph, what do you do that you could always take time off? And he's like, well, you know, I own a greeting card company. And, you know, I have a free room anywhere I go. And they're like, why? Because you're a mouse? He's like, because I'm a, I'm a Stilton. So this is where we find <laughs> out he comes from money. Yeah. Yes. Did we know about the greeting card thing already? Or I just wasn't sure. I... I think it got, like, lightly brought up on their first date, but I don't think we've ever, like, delved into it, and we certainly didn't know that he comes from the the Stilton family. Yeah. (laughs) She tells Diane that, like, Ralph's sister has this new company, and it's called... They think it's called Girl Crush. Turns out it's Girl Girl Crush. Girl Crush is so good. (laughs) Yeah. so funny. Yeah. Thinks Uh, Diane would be perfect for it, so she sets it up. Yeah, and so then this is where we get the conversation where Ralph and Princess Carolyn go home together, and Princess Carolyn has the realization that all this time she thought she was an agent, 
But what if she was supposed to be a manager? And they're very different because agents help their clients find jobs and managers help their clients manage their careers. <laughs> Ralph's like, it sounds exactly the same. <laughs> She's like, no, it's very different. This is what I was always meant to do. And he's like, it sounds like you're just going back to the job that made you miserable for a long time. Yeah. She's like, no, it's so different. And he supports her if it's what makes you happy. Yeah. Ralph's like, I'm glad you don't do that anymore. And then she's just like, is like, yes, but I'm doing it again. <laughs> Starting over. Well, and it's also like, I don't think that being an agent made Princess Carolyn miserable for many years. I think that like it was a job that she excelled at and that she was good at. And there was just aspects of it that were bad that ultimately like ruined the company that she formed. Like, it, yeah. it's not that she was miserable the whole time. Yeah. She was just struggling with work-life balance. Exactly. Who doesn't? Work-life balance, never heard of it. <laughs> so Diane has her meeting about a girl crush with, is it Stephanie or is it Stefani? Because I like to think of it as Stefani. <laughs> so do I, but I think they were pronouncing it like no, Stephanie, no, Stephanie, but I don't know. Stephanie. I, I, I like it though if they were all talking about her as Stephanie, like behind her back, and then she's like, I'm Stephanie. Like, I think that would be fun. <laughs> Voiced by Kamiko Glenn. Do we know her? Absolutely. I love <laughs> Kamiko Glenn and have, she. well, you would know her as Soso on Orange is the New Black. But she mm, bold to think I watched Orange is the New. I meant like royal <laughs> you, I guess. But I have been obsessed with her for a long time because she was in the touring company of Spring Awakening, where she <gasps> who'd she play in Spring Awakening? It was a very small part, and I it, it's not one of like the leads, and I am blanking on who it is currently. Okay. But I saw her when That's she came okay. to Pittsburgh, and like even though she was such a small part, I like gay imprinted on her at a very young age so when she started on orange is the new black i was like thrilled about it huh she was also in into the spider verse i do know her from that right. look at that imagine and she's also was a voice in ducktales from 2017 oh. to 2021 people continuously tell me to watch that and i like absolutely should i have not seen DuckTales in many moons. I did not even know there was a new DuckTales. It's got a good cast. It's like Bobby Moynihan, Danny Pudi, I think, and what's his name? David Tennant, Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz, yeah, you guys don't know him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hey, I've seen him in other things. I know Ben Schwartz. We know Ben Schwartz, kind of. (laughs) Remember I went on this long thing about like uh, he was John Ralphio, Middle Ditch and Schwartz. Anyway, was like, what is that? Why is Lin Manuel Miranda in the new DuckTales? <laughs> she was Taya in Spring Awakening, sorry. Because he's friends with all those people. Like, hey, him and Ben Schwartz work together, and like, that, that sounds like right up his alley, honestly, to be in the new DuckTales. I'm sure he wrote some songs for it. Come on. In a beautiful bit of synergy, she is now in Centaur World, where she plays a horse. <laughs> wow. She also I, is a voice in, I guess, the new My Little Pony movie that's coming out. So the bronies are going to jump on board right away. <laughs> Incredible. Imminent. I feel like, did I ever, have I told you that I watched like three seasons of My Little Pony Friendship is Magic? Same here. I watched oh at God. least the first two. I watched, when it first came out, I watched it, and then I and then I realized that the other adults watching My Little Pony were making it weird. So I was like, <laughs> I must distance myself from this. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a very Rick and Morty weird. arc for me with My Little Pony, where I was like, oh, I, I, I don't want to watch this anymore, even though I like it because I, I don't want to give off the impression that I'm anything similar to other people. But that damn winter wrap-up song won't stop being in my head. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay, where did... 
Oh, right. So they are at Elefante, and it has gone downhill since Bojack hired that new chef. Yeah, Stephanie, Stephanie, it just gets like a whole tomato. You can see the little sticker still on it. Diane gets something still in the package. It appears that that young donkey is still working there. (laughs) Yes, incredible. And so, yeah, they're talking about like the mission of Girl Crush. And I didn't write down, but like Stephanie's like writing, like saying all of these, like just jargon about what she wants the blog to be. And she's like, don't worry, like I'm rich. I'm not doing this to make money. And Diane's like, oh yeah, you're not beholden to ad revenue. So your writers can. And she's like, yes, exactly. Whatever you were going to say. Yes. (laughs) She's looking for a writer slash editor slash bomb ass super bitch, which I think is like, like I I read so many like LinkedIn postings and they're like looking for a rock star editor to blah 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 it's like can you like you just want me to work like 80 hours a week <laughs> yes 100 percent. Yeah, they're oh like gosh. hmm but what can you offer to us why do you why do you even want this job and it's like uh, to pay my rent so that i don't have to live on the street like that's why i want a job i don't want a job i don't want a job for any other reason than to just not be homeless i want this job because i'm a bomb ass super bitch <laughs> Yeah, but like it seems as though Stefani is like into Diane because of Diane's writing about Hank and how she kind of took down this powerful figure and then she starts kind of pushing her like, okay, but like what if your also famous husband did something problematic? Would you write about that? I also liked about the Hank Hippopolis stuff. Uh, she says it wasn't even on Fleek. Fleek was on it. Fleek was on it. So good. Really just tossing slang just like constantly, battering <laughs> yeah, people very- down. Very 2016 to bring up Fleek. I feel like that's been over for so long. (laughs) But yeah, so she's like really pushing like, oh, but like, what if Mr. Peanut Butter did something? And Diane's like, well, I would simply talk to my husband if I had a problem with his actions. He's like, but what if he didn't listen to you? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, what if he could just never understand your opinion and you could have actual people read your thoughts and understand where you're coming from? And she's like, ugh, and then smash cut to, I got the job. Just very clearly a good relationship. Like I said earlier, they get each other and they're really putting each other first and their marriage, you know, ahead of everything else. (laughs) I loved this line from Mr. Peanut Butter. Wow, in the same week, I sell a company for millions of dollars. You get a job writing for a blog. When it rains, it pours. And I love how sincerely he says it. Like, there is no opportunity here to take this as passive aggression or, like, being mean. It's just like, he's like, well, when it rains, it pours. Am I right? And like, yes. I stand, yeah. I agree with the phrase, when it rains, it pours. Like, I do feel like when it, when good things are happening, it feels like just, like, a lot of good stuff all happens at once. And when bad things are happening, it does, like, I feel like bad things happen all at once, too. I agree. I think so, too. I feel like it's because, like, most stuff will always come in, like, groups of three, at least. I stand by that. We also find out so that the total price they sold Cabra Cadabra for is $24 million because each of them are making $8 million. Yeah, Todd, Mr. Peanut Butter, and Emily each get $8 million. And the drivers owned no part of the company, so they probably don't get any payout at all. Correct. Even after going out and saving a lot of people's lives. Yeah, they get nothing. They, I guess they either are going to continue driving for Cabra Cadabra under new ownership or they have to go back to Goober's Club. Yeah, whale world. I don't know. Not good. Not good. But this is where Todd and Emily reconnect. They mm-hmm. each get a million dollars and they talk about what they're going to do with it. Emily's going to get a really fancy hat <laughs> and then a shirt that says, look at my hat. Yeah, so good. And then Todd's like, I've always wanted to go to a fancy restaurant and order everything on the menu. And Emily's like, oh, that's like day one millionaire yeah. stuff. 
I also like when Todd is just like, Todd, as a millionaire, think of all the different new <laughs> things he could go on. And like, that'll really change the dynamic. And then he like yeah. gives it all away in the same episode, which is good. Yeah, it really, they, they go with like something that like feels like not heavy, but like a little serious straight into him giving the whole eight million as a tip. Mm-hmm. Because Emily is like, Todd, like, what is your deal? I feel like you like me, but you don't like me. But then you like me. Like, are you gay? And Todd's like, whoa. Yeah, she's like, don't worry that? about it. Like, it's the modern day. You can tell me. And then he's like, I kind of think I might be nothing. Yeah. Dancing around labeling asexual, which I feel like they must do later. But like, he's basically saying, yeah, he, he's not, he, he's an asexual guy, which I it's cool. Like, I feel like very few shows have characters that specifically identify that way or at least did at the time of this show airing i guess i'm not really up to date on the television sexual sexual minority landscape anymore as much as i was (laughs) yeah how dare you not have a spreadsheet of all like asexual characters on tv to reference (laughs) back to on if this is groundbreaking or not honestly there are probably so few you don't even need a spreadsheet probably more of a word doc which is a problem that is i wish i needed (laughs) a spreadsheet Mm-hmm. I do, but I do think you're right. I feel like this is the first thing I can think of of watching mm-hmm. it and a show being like this character is asexual. That like yeah. and that's like part of the canon of the show. The the label exists like we hear about it. I feel like m- many shows probably have asexual characters and it just never is part of their story and they don't tell us. And then they can be like J.K. Rowling and like seven years later on Twitter be like, oh, they were actually asexual. The whole time. Yeah, I think they handle it pretty well because like Emily goes like, that's okay. And Todd's like, is it? And she's like, yeah. And then they just go into being jokey and like I think it's handled really nicely. Yeah. And then he gives away $8 million. So you guess, guess I'm broke again. Yes. <laughs> no need for the dynamic to change. Oh, crap. I just tipped $8 million. How do you do that? Like, I you had to feel, consciously write it in there. I feel like he could be like, that was a mistake. And the restaurant will be like, yeah, we're not charging $8 million. Yes. Like, doesn't his card have a limit? Surely it would be declined. I'd be surprised if he's already deposited this into yeah. his bank. It was probably one of those things where he was saying $8 million out loud and then accidentally mm. wrote it because he was saying it. Well, hopefully the cow waitress has a nice retirement because I, I don't think she needs to work anymore. So Bojack is like on the set of Ethan around so fast. He's like, Ethan, like we have notes on the on the script. Like, wh- why are you giving me the that went well? Like you should be, you're the star. You should get to say that went well. Yeah, he's like, this is a guaranteed laugh. Like you should be the one to take the good lines. But I do like that Ethan's like concerned that the feedback is going to be too many yowza, bowza, bobowzas or not enough. Now, what's the purpose of a yowza, bowza, wowza? You got to have a catchphrase. I mean, they're they're like modeling this off of Full House and like all of those kids had catchphrases. So got to just keep <laughs> on the tradition. Be like... She comes into the room, there's like too much spaghetti made, like, oh my god, yowza, bowza, bobowza, or something. Now, was yowza, wowza, bobowza Ethan's catchphrase in Horsin' Around? Or did he make this up as a new catchphrase? Didn't he have some other stupid catchphrase that never caught on, like he tried to make his own That's Too Much Man? I can't remember. The only thing I remember about Ethan on Horsin' Around is when he was clearly holding something to cover his boner <laughs> in the episode that Bojack and Serlin watched while they were high last week. Yeah. <laughs> 
Bojack and Ethan going over. I feel like this is like the father figure moment that Bojack envisioned for himself mm-hmm. with Sarah Lynn, mm-hmm. but like he's actually doing it now with Ethan, where like he's like actually helping him, even though they're much later in their life and like their careers. Like I, this was just like it was just so feel good and like really kind of just great to see him like coach him through it and like help him get there and even just like Bojack giving this kind of line to somebody else is just not something that I would see for him ever doing from like the first episode of the Mm -hmm. show and clearly he's like really trying here and like wants to help somebody else succeed and like that's the only reason he would do this Ethan around thing anyway and so like it's just it was great I love the scene. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. This is really like, it, yeah, instead of him being like, no, I must be the star. He's like, no, you're the star. Like, don't just give me all the good lines. Like, this is for you, too. Yeah. So, a, a nice growth. A nice little role reversal. Okay, so Mr. Peanut Butter and Diane back at their house. Mr. Peanut Butter's ex, Katrina, shows up because they're looking for a guy. She has an opportunity for him. And Mr. Peanut Butter had, I think, maybe my funniest like line of the whole episode is it being married to you again because i'd rather be euthanized my favorite line was katrina you're not pizza she goes "Ugh, this fight again (laughs) (laughs) another mr peanut butter hasn't had nothing but successful relationships in his life it's fun Mm -hmm. but it's how would you like to be the governor he says of california and she says yes of california (laughs) Yes. So yeah. Yeah. More on that later, maybe. It's like pure setup for next season, yeah. which yeah. I'm good with. I've said before, I don't know on pod, but season four of Bojack Horseman is one of my favorite television seasons that has ever been produced. It's like Veronica mm, Mars season so one, various <gasps> yes! Buffy seasons, Survivor Pearl Islands, and Bojack season four. Like <laughs> these are these are gold. These are beautiful. I can't believe we've never talked about Veronica Mars before, Sam. Oh my god. <laughs> But it's anyway, whatever. The, now is not the time. Uh, but yeah, season four is amazing. And we are we're on the doorstep. We're knocking on the door. It's going to be great. Okay, so back to finishing off Bojack. So Bojack like tries to give support to the little girl, the, the Sarah Lynn of Ethan around. Yeah. And it goes very poorly because she wants to be famous. Like Bojack. Yeah, he starts off being super supportive. You can tell that he's like trying to be kinder than he was with Sarah Lynn and like you can definitely see that there are parallels here and he's like oh like you know your parents are really proud of you right and he's like so what do you want to be when you grow up and she's like I want to be famous just like you and like you can see the vortex closing in around Bojack no so he just gets up and literally runs he gets he gets in his car and he he starts driving yeah yeah and it is exactly what Ethan predicted. He was like, "This is it's one of those things where he says he wants to do it, and then they're like doing it, and Bojack's like, I gotta go. And obviously Ethan doesn't have the context for why he's doing it, but it's still the exact same thing. And it's like, you, have to, you had to leave immediately after that? Come on. You couldn't finish filming the episode? Like well, he's, he's clearly just like, I can't do this to another little girl. I'm going to be responsible for this again. Yeah. And then he just like has to get the hell out of there. And like this whole scene and the whole rest of the episode is like overlaid with Nina Simone. And it's just like so well done. It's very powerful. Perfect music choice. Yes. And so he leaves. He tries to go home. He walks mm-hmm. in the, like basically the front door of his house, looks around and is like, no, this isn't right. Gets in his car, starts driving. He's on the highway slash freeway of your American. He's driving faster and faster. We say highway. I don't know. I feel like people are always like, oh, the freeway. Don't say highway. (laughs) So I just like like to cover my bases because people like to really like come for how I say things. (laughs) Not our horse girls. Not the horse girls, but like everyone else in my life. (laughs) 
but he like leans back he closes his eyes he takes his hands off the wheel floors it like going yeah. as fast as he he's possibly going, can. like 100 miles an hour which is mm-hmm. very fast yeah. This is quite the scene. Like to just, they have like a bit more wiggle room with like, they are an animated show and their characters are animals and it's obviously also really funny. But this is just like he's like good, he's like trying to kill himself for like like a good maybe ten seconds of the episode and it's just like it's like done so it's played so straight and just like that's what's happening like this is a super emotional moment he's like he like might kill himself yeah it's it's very extreme like if this was in like a live action show i feel like the vibe would be very different from for watching it but he slams to a stop he his car turns sideways because he seal sees all these wild horses running and this is what I wrote, which maybe I sound like an idiot, but I wrote, they look so free. He looks so sad. <laughs> he does look so sad, but it's a very, like, he can tell he's having this, like, poignant moment where you're, like, he's just, like, watching them run and just standing there watching. And, like, there's definitely a lot going on in his head. I think that Kirsten yeah. summed it up well. Yeah. Like, they are free and he is sad. They are free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm basically yeah. A, a poet, honestly. It's just, that's what it is. The one other thing we get this episode is Princess Carolyn is back. Judah is there. She's starting a management company. Vim mm-hmm. management. With what mm-hmm. money? Yeah. <laughs> She's taking another chance on herself. I mean, her. She still has the building, long, apparently. Her significant other is very rich, so I'm sure mm, that. I guess, yeah. He didn't want her to go back, so but. Yeah, but he also supportive. wants her to be happy, and money doesn't mean that much to him, right? So. True. Maybe yeah. he made an investment. But this is where there is a girl calling to talk to Bojack. Sounds like a teenage girl. Princess Carolyn says, we don't represent Bojack. Judah says, sorry, can't help you. And then we see a teenage horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looks a little bit What's like this? Bojack. What's this to mean? She's also a, a bay. so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she looks pretty sad. But we don't get anything yeah. else. Yeah. That's it. They hadn't cast a voice actor yet, I'm sure. So couldn't give her any lines. But she is existing. And I'm sure she'll be involved in season four. Yeah. Mystery. But, I mean, the implications are kind of clear. Yes. I feel like we are definitely supposed to think that Bojack has a child. Because <laughs> we even had, like, many episodes ago where Bojack's like, yeah, I've paid for so many abortions. Oh, I hope they actually had the abortions. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, more on that to come. So I guess we'll uh, dive into that at some point. If that were to ever come up again, I'm sure it would be dove into, but we have no guarantee. (laughs) We don't know. (laughs) Yes. We have only a couple questions about this episode, but I figured we'd also catch up on the stuff from before. Oh, yeah. We had a bunch of old stuff that we didn't address last week because we were too busy being sad about Sarah Yes. So for this week, Stefan says, most important question of the season, was the spaghetti strainer running joke worth it? No. Yes. <laughs> Interesting. I, I I get it. It's just like it's I feel like on a meta level it's like okay, yeah, like it's funny that they did these wink wink setup stuff also it could pay off in this stupid way in the finale. But I'm just like this was fine. Like it it just doesn't it wasn't good. I think it was a really funny idea. But I also think it's an idea that could have had, like, main episode, like, plotline energy, and they just resolved it in five minutes. Like, I think they could have made a meal of it, pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny, because I think, like, I I almost wonder if I 
I think it works better because it's so short. It's just been little stuff here and there like, why do you have all these spaghetti strainers? Like, oh, who remembers? And then we finally get to the end of the season and it's 30 seconds of, and here's the payoff. Now let's continue with the episode. Like, I think I think it works for me. Yeah. I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was really fun. I th- maybe it was just like whiplash from being really depressed <laughs> yes. last last time, but like... I liked it. I don't know. Yeah, I think it is good that it's so short, like, since it's something that they've been setting up for so, but ultimately, (laughs) it's just like, why did we do this? (laughs) Sam hates fun. You heard it here first. That's exactly what I said. That is, you're quoting me verbatim, and if you rewind, you'll hear that that is what I said. That's what you heard. Yes, that's right. Uh, Stefan also says, they say you can't run from your problems, but at least Bojack is trying. He trained really well when he was living in New Mexico. True. Let's go back to It's You, which was a couple weeks ago. Ariel says, this episode is so brutal in the best way. Another example of how dark the show can really get. The Diane stuff is especially tragic because even though they end up fighting, she's completely right to come check in on him, even when he is technically still nominated for an Oscar. Okay. She understands him better than Wait, we no, <laughs> absolutely not. Sure, check in on him, but don't show up to someone's not house party. party to be a downer. That's not right. Yep. Come on. Yeah, I think we said at the time, like, it's great like that she knows him so well that she can like even parrot back exactly what he was feeling of like, oh, I'm just like, why didn't this make me happy? But like her timing is very flawed. So watching Bojack spiral and simultaneously push all his friends away in rapid succession is so sad, especially after he spent the entirety of the previous episode firing Princess Carolyn and ending that relationship too. I can't, I can't go back. I'm so, st- the, the last like third of this season has been really depressing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Stefan also said, what food would you most like to see in a fountain? Because there was like nacho cheese in a fountain in that episode. Hmm. Not nacho cheese because it's too gloopy. I love tortilla soup. And I think that that would go great in a fountain. But like, so you just like put up like your bowl to fill it with the soup? Yep. (laughs) And then you have like a separate bowl of like the crunchy like tortilla bits. Yeah. Or like you could either put your bowl up to it or you could just dip some chips into it, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Kirsten and I went on the record saying we really love a chocolate fountain. Yeah, I was gonna say, look, like, what <laughs> you know? What you don't have to change a classic. You could have a chocolate fountain. You know what? A mimosa fountain always a good idea. Also. Okay. So Sarah said she thinks the house party seems awful. I'll still take that giant Oscar though. <laughs> chocolate. That's too Oscar. much chocolate. Unless you're gonna yeah. melt it and put it in a fountain, I don't need that much chocolate. <laughs> She also really liked that the Halloween store came back. I like that people ask a lot more questions than this, but I think we answered like all yeah, of them. Is, so. We already did, we discussed the everything. Yeah. Okay. And then okay, we got an email this week from Alex, who is a new listener. Welcome, says, Alex. Hi. Uh, says I have a lot of time on the road to catch up, and I love getting to spend time with you guys and laugh out loud while I drive around bringing people cookies because he delivers cookies oh, for a living. Sounds like a, great a very job. Sounds job. like a horseman job. <laughs> True. <laughs> I love when you guys talk about guest appearances on the show when Lindsay doesn't know who anyone is and Kirsten is appalled. I, the thing is, is like I don't like this fake narrative that I suddenly know who these people are because I feel like I often don't know who anyone is and Sam is upset at me for it. So I, I don't want to take the compliment because it's false. I don't know who anyone is except Nicole Byer. Yeah, Alex, as a fellow listener, I would say that neither of my two good friends here know who people are. <laughs> Neither of them know anything. But like we own. At least we're not like pretending we yeah. know who they are. Like I'm. We're honest. You're finding out. 
Yeah, that's right. Let's find out. find out. Yeah. Something I use all the time is the IMDb connections feature, which tells you all the spoofs and references they make throughout the episode. It's very cool. I love looking into that shit, and I feel like you guys would too, and I never hear you mention it, so just something to think about. And then you can tell where Alex is in the podcast, because he says, love the pod, love the tangents. Congrats to Kirsten for getting her first COVID shot. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Kirsten is now fully vaxxed, Alex. Very exciting. Yes, and yes. then lastly alex says intp slash type nine i took the test because of you i can't <laughs> wait to find out his attachment style next week yes Indeed. <laughs> yes <laughs> cool so also last week we shouted out a new listener who left us a review and it was an anonymous horse girl and they have updated to say their name is Paige. oh <laughs> hi Paige. Go page. <laughs> okay, well, Lindsay tweeted out for people to put in their questions. She literally tweeted it while I was watching the episode. I finished the episode, <laughs> went to tweet out asking, soliciting questions, and it was already there because Lindsay lives to make me look bad. It's just how it is. <laughs> but Jules had to say that they have too many thoughts, but the main one is uh, they have no memory of this heart-stomping Bojack storyline being in the same episode as the sexy orca driver spaghetti strainer disaster storyline. The show amazes me every day. I just love the sentence sexy orca driver spaghetti strainer disaster it's <laughs> very good yeah i guess that would be one, like a major positive of it is it is just like very exemplary of the show where like all of this heartbreaking stuff is happening but they're also still a cartoon where these like outlandish like yeah. nonsensical disasters are occurring so it's totally good. absurd hell yeah okay i think is that is that everything is that all i think that's it that's all Wow. Not Lindsay quoting me. Um, <laughs> but yes. That. <laughs> uh, we, so that that's it for the episode. Sam, thank you for joining us. Once again, we love having you on. Of course. And I, as I said, season four is one of my favorite seasons of TV. I would do every episode if you asked me to do it. I understand <laughs> that that's an unlikely scenario, but <laughs> I'll happily come back as many of the episodes you want. Yeah, we definitely are going to have you back in season four. I think all 12 episodes, I think other people might want some of those episodes. So Me and a guest. And yeah, that's true. Can... We could, we honestly, we could have just made Sam the permanent co-host after his season one appearance. We could have done that. <laughs> but like, we have so many people that could all be permanent. That's, yeah, like, no, I get it. I get it. Like it's fine. co-host. <laughs> but yes, definitely want to have you back in season four, for sure. But in the meantime, before you come back... For sure. Where where else can people find you? At Sam Stanish on Instagram and Twitter. I have another podcast. Well, I have two other podcasts. One, Word on the Straits. At Word on yeah, the Straits. Yeah, they surprise comeback S-tier this week. S on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, we just came back. My co-host, Joe McMahon, had a throat injury all summer. And you can hear of all of the details on that on our Beach Towns episode with Maggie McGlinchey. But, like, it's a great show. We talk about straight culture every week. Now that we're back from our three-month hiatus due to vocal rest. And I also have another podcast called the bitter jurors podcast at bitter jurors pod that started as a survivor podcast there was a long survivor hiatus where we did avatar and legend of Korra, and now we are coming back and by the time this is out our cast preview and cast draft should be out for season 41 and we'll be doing recaps of all the episodes hell yeah and yeah bitter jurors pod is very fun sam and derek have a good good dynamic so people should definitely check that We're out gay. we love survivor and i know that a lot of people <laughs> who listen to this probably feel the same way <laughs> 
it's, it's, that's all you need. That's perfect. If I, Lindsay might one day record Simpsons then and now again, so you could check that out. There's a huge backlog back, uh, of episodes as well that you could be listening to where they talk about one old, one new episode of The Simpsons. Check it out. You can also follow our podcast uh, at Bojack Horsepod on Twitter. You can email us bojackhorsepod at gmail.com. Uh, you can rate and review us five stars on whatever podcatcher you use. So we'll shout you on the podcast. Come on. And you can follow me at Carson said what everywhere. What have I done recently? What's happening? Oh, Riverdale's back still. Unfortunately, I've just been informed <laughs> that there's two musical episodes this season. So I thought Not I was done. I thought I was done with it, but there will be one more. And then that's over on Kowski cast. That's cow with the K. And then I'm like kicking around on miscellaneous RHAP podcast as well. So check that out. But we will be back next week. For season four, episode one of Bojack Horseman, see Mr. Peanut Butter Run. Woohoo. Okay, well, see, see you then. Bye. Bye. Thanks for having me. Bye.